And a pleasant good evening once again, everybody, and welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Head Coach Matt Nagy. This is Jeff Joniak. A nice 17-13 win over the visiting New York Giants leaves the Bears at 2-0. Here until 8 o'clock tonight, we'll be joined by Chris Tabor at the bottom of the hour, the Bears Veteran Special Teams Coordinator. Matt, how you doing? How'd you feel about things? And uh, what did you think of how you won, not that that you won? Yeah, well, it's good to be here again. I think uh, for us... You go back and you watch the tape and you realize uh, a few things stand out. And, and, you know, for the, for the defense, really stepping up on third down yesterday jumped out to me. They had the one, the one drive where, the, where um, the Giants went 95 yards and only had one third down, which meant they were getting some chunks there and ended up in the touchdown on fourth and goal from the one. But for the most part, I was really happy with the way the defense played. Offensively, uh, again, the first half was really good. I thought it was solid. We put points up on the board. Uh, we were moving the football. We were great on third down. And then in the second half, to have two interceptions, to have a missed field goal, and to have a punt as your four possessions, that's how it felt at the end of the game. Even though we won, it's, there was still frustration there. But I'm okay with that. I think that the guys understand that. We're, we're, we want to really get that four-quarter string where we're putting this whole thing together. And when we do, I think it would be pretty good. Is it a gnawing feeling when that happens a little bit in your belly? It is, just because you, you want to – you know, it was different than – then last week when we played Detroit and you, you, you scored 21 points in the fourth, you got a turnover on defense and you were doing things on special teams. And so it's a little different feeling at the end. But as I told the team, you know, yesterday was, Hey guys, we're two and zero right now. And, and yeah, it was an ugly win, but we, we won and don't lose sight of that. These things aren't easy. And now, now how do we get better? This is the bears coaches show brought to you by Whipley CPAs and consultants, Matt Nagy, Jeff Joniak with you until eight o'clock. What gets lost in your opinion in games like this and how they're won like this? A few things. Uh, I think when you look at it from the offensive perspective, you say, okay, when teams like this know that you have a lead, uh, when they start seeing a little bit of what your identity is and you got to run the football, I thought the first half we were just okay at that. And then in the second half, we got a lot better. And, and again, some of that is just repeating calls and being able to let these guys go out there and do it again. And it's execution. They did a great job executing. Um, defensively, you know, you have that pick six that's called back. You got to respond now to some adversity. Okay. It didn't go our way. Myself included. We all got to, okay, bounce back. What do we do? How do we get a stop? And, and, um, we did that. And then, to, to come out with the win at the very last play of the game, to be able to hold these guys off, I think we all felt the same way. But at the end, we're happy we won. Let's talk about that play because uh, Eddie Jackson, he's had two of these now taken away by penalty in his career. So it, with a ball in his hands, he's something to watch. That was a terrific return, regardless of what happened and called back. But do you, you like the aggressiveness? Because it is a debatable thing. And you like the aggressive nature by which he's attacking the football in that scenario. Yeah, you have to play it exactly like he did. I mean, that's such a bang bang play that you can't possibly tell uh, Eddie to to not play, to play it any different. You, you have to play it the way he did, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's a part of the game, and it's not it's not the first one, and it certainly isn't going to be the last one. So uh, I just I love the way that Eddie Jackson's been playing the last two games. He's really tackling well. He's seeing the football. He's making plays, and he's being a great leader. Uh, there's a lot of discussion already about the tight ends through two weeks: twelve targets, five catches, one touchdown, fifty five yards. However. Uh, watching the tape and watching the run game and how it's working and David Montgomery averaging 5.1 to carry. Uh, it's not just the guys up front or his vision and his patience. It's it's the tight ends when you go to two and three tight end packages, isn't it? 
Without a doubt. And, and that's what I think is very important for everybody to understand is that as important as it is to be able to have a bunch of catches from that tight end room and, and do different things there, it's just equally important to be able to help us in the run game. They're doing a phenomenal job at that right now. The numbers speak for themselves, and uh, we wouldn't want to change anything in regards to that. You've always maintained that, you know, each week's different. You don't know how it's going to work in terms of who's getting targets. So yesterday there's uh, 10 guys that, to, to touch the football, including Bobby Massey, as we talked about on the postgame show, the fun part of it, uh, making that big. And, and that, let's not joke about that because it saved a minute and 40 seconds off of their ledger that they could have used at the end of the game. So that that was very, very, very important, wasn't it? It really was. And they, they decided to zone us out there on that fourth down. And um, for for that pass to happen, you got to get a little bit lucky the way it squeezed in between uh, the two defenders popped up in the air. And then for Bobby to have the the awareness to catch that football and get and, you know fall forward for the first, um, that's awesome. That was a big play for us. So, again, back to what I originally was pointing out about the spread. Do you prefer that? Is that Mitch seeing the field the way you want? Yeah, seven to the backs, eight to the receivers, two to the tight ends, and, and one offensive lineman. Yeah, because what that does, Jeff, is that makes it difficult for the defense to just try to take one guy out of the game. And that's always been a part of this offense is some games you might have somebody that has 12 targets, and the next week they might have four, that same person might have four targets. It's all based off of what the defense wants to do, and then we adjust to that. And and um, I think that's that's uh, what you what you start to see. That's not the first time you've seen that. Mitch has uh, talked about uh, the drop eight, and that happened uh, a fair amount yesterday. And that's an invitation for him to move, and he was moving to your uh, satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see that uh, they had a, a a drop eight type of play on that scramble there at the end of the half when he he scrambled back he's kept his eyes downfield he didn't put his eyes on the defensive lineman or linebackers he actually pointed to Mooney to strike back and then he made a great throw across the field and Mooney made a great catch so you saw that and then you also saw Jeff on the first touchdown he scrambled out of the pocket invited the defender to take him and then he just lobbed it over the top to David Montgomery highs and lows you hope to even out obviously but you know you look at what his production is right now in terms of Mitch five touchdowns through seven weeks a year ago so there there is change in the way the offense is is working and basically a whole game when you take each half of the two games of, of positiveness that you you can build around as an offense yeah, that part we like. And, again, we're trying to figure out, too, as, as a coaching staff each week as we go, okay, what do we do well? We know what our identity wants to be, but what do we do well? And now that we're kind of seeing what we do well, what we don't do well, we got some new players on offense, how they fit. Now it makes it a little bit easier for us to start scheming and do what you just said, which is trying to put four quarters of good football together. Montgomery to the left of Trubisky takes the snap. Mitch looking to throw. Mitch with time. Mitch going to roll to his right. Mitch going to toss it now to David Montgomery down the sideline. He's inside the 10. Works to the middle of the field left. He's in for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears. Third and six. 27 yards. Catch and run. David Montgomery. Bears in front. Six zip. Second career touchdown catch for David Montgomery. Finish with three for 45 of the touchdown, plus five, one a carry on his 16 attempts. Back on the Bears coaches show with head coach Matt Nagy. Bears with a win over the Giants. So his involvement in the passing game, I always felt that that's an underrated aspect. Tom and I talked about it a great deal this week uh, leading up to the game that, you know, that's that's a part of the game. Yes, you have Tariq Cohen. Yes, you have Cordell Patterson to complement that out of the backfield. But David, uh, David could do some damage now. He can, and 
he uh, he has the ability to make plays after the catch too. So he's uh, you saw that yesterday, and to be able to catch it on the sideline, stick his right foot in the ground, make a couple moves, make some guys miss and score a touchdown, just speaks to who he is and how he does things. So we like that about him. We want to keep growing in that area. And the beauty of that, it caps off a 12 play, 82 yard drive in seven and a half minutes to open the game, and and that's certainly what you'd like to. Have your identity be, isn't it? It is. And, and starting the game with a touchdown, it was refreshing for us yesterday. Just for us to be able to to do that, um, making plays. I think we were four for four on third down, which was a big emphasis for us heading into that week. Um, so it's a start. It gets the defense going. Then they go out. They get a, a sack. You know, they get a fumble. And um, it just really gets you going the right way. Not something you want to think about, but it only happened two times last season. So, yeah. I mean – doesn't that change the way you call games then, even from that opening drive? I mean, I, I know it's a long game at it's 60 minutes, but that opening drive must impact you in some way as a play it, caller. It does, and, and Jeff, it, it allows you as a play caller to get into a rhythm. Plus, when you don't go three and out and you're able to get some first downs, you can see what they're going to try to do uh, personnel matching-wise. So if you're in a certain personnel, what are they going to do to that? just gives you more plays, more opportunities. And, you know, the last two weeks now we've started the game with the football, and it's 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 our job on offense to, to have a fast start. Two weeks – or, you know, last week it was – uh, three and out, and now this week it was get a touchdown. So let's keep getting touchdowns that first drive. Now let's go to David's run game now because that end of the game, you know, there's 7.36 to go. They've got a four-point lead, and, and he has a possession on an 11-yard run to start. He's got a 10. He's got a 9 a couple plays later. Uh, then a penalty sets you back. Then he goes off on another 23. Uh, this is a perfect scenario to close out a game with a back who can pick up that kind of uh, potential yardage. But the key to me was – not only those guys up front coming off the ball, but is he a lot more patient this year at waiting for blocks to set up and then moving in, moving in the right direction? I think you could say that. And, again, that goes with that communication that those running backs have with the offensive line and tight ends. They're, they get together and they meet throughout the week and they talk through different run schemes and the way that they see different fronts and the way that they see the linebackers moving on different blitzes and calls that they have. And so – uh, again, what I think is important is you have a defense yesterday that, that knows that the run is coming. You're in four-minute mode, essentially. And when you're getting 10, 9, 10, 11 yards per pop, you got to keep it going, and they know that. And we were still able to run. So that part feels good, uh, and I think that David's doing a great job of growing in that area. The play of Kyle Fuller, I thought, really set a tone early uh, because those Giants, those receivers, and I know people are dinging the Giants. You certainly didn't leading up to the game. You you sent the warning out that this is a team that plays fast, but they get a lot of yards after the catch in their careers, some of these receivers. And I thought he had a, a blanket coverage type of day, and Jalen Johnson wasn't far behind him on that. No, they played really well, and it helps when you got those guys up front getting into that quarterback's lap, which I thought we did yesterday. Uh, some nice breakups. Uh, I, I think really the only the only true negative in pass coverage when you look at yesterday was probably those last two plays of that first half when they hit the dagger over the middle for about a 25, 30-yard gain and came back and hit another one, um, you know, uh, to, to be able to give them a 58-yard field goal attempt. So other than that, though, I thought they did a great job, and I thought that Chuck Pagano did a really good job at calling the game. How about the play of Barkevius Mingo, uh, so showing you he does have pass rush. He was a high draft pick, obviously, and has uh, played his career in a variety of roles and certainly on special teams for you as well. 
Yeah, Barkevius has done a really good job at fitting our scheme. Um, you know, especially on first and second down, he has a good feel for what we like to do. And I think he's a guy that you see every single play, his motor is just rolling. I mean, he is attacking and going after in the run game and the pass game. And he's really helping us out in that area. Deion Bush in there and that, uh, the dime, uh, the interception, any chance he could have taken it outside and gone. <laughs> I thought maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. It would have been nice, but at the same time, I will take that interception. I thought he did a phenomenal job at reading the route of the wide receiver, and he timed it up just right to be able to step in front and make that play. The Chicago Bears are teaming up with Proven IT to help support local small businesses as part of the Small Business All-Pros Initiative. Visit chicagobears.com to apply. Back on the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Matt Nagy, one more segment to go. And again, Chris Tabor joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Matt, as you look at what you looked at at yourself in the offseason as a play caller, how is it all evolving for you two games in? So far, I feel it's, it's pretty good. You know, I like, I like the communication with our coaches throughout the week, uh, especially on Monday and Tuesday when we really start game planning. I love the way that that's going. Uh, we're taking that to the week for the players to be able to put into practice and see what we, what we do well, what we like and don't like. And then it's on the players to be able to execute it and for us to be able to put it out there to, to do everything we can to get the win. So, so far, it's been really, really good. Uh, Darnell Money. Got himself a, a hefty amount of snaps in this game and delivered with his first NFL touchdown. What I loved about it is just the ability to recognize the situation. Mitch was buying some time, coming back to the quarterback and, and shedding his receiver to get to the football. Yeah, Darnell's done a, a great job at really making this game slow for a rookie. Love where he's at. Kids playing really fast. I mean, getting in there and some blocks. He was a lead blocker yesterday in the yeah. run game. And then to make that touchdown – um, that touchdown catch at a crucial moment on a scramble by Mitch. Um, that's what you love to see. And I think that this kid's arrow is majorly uh, up right now. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what he does the rest of the season. See, I was playing around, Toss. I say, I swear, Levin's leading the way on this play. And he goes, well, you know, maybe just providing some inter- No, he was the lead blocker on the play. Yeah, it wasn't really scripted that way, but it looked pretty <laughs> sweet. So maybe they'll be scheming for that play next week. Hey, you'd love to have tough receivers like that that are willing to dig out guys no matter their size, uh, get in the way, create interference. That extends your running plays. It does. And those guys, those running backs, trust me, they love seeing that. When you got little guys in there making blocks on linebackers, that's what it's all about. Let's talk pass rush with the big three. Uh, when they're when they're gelling, when they're going to have more time together, I, I can't even imagine how it's going to look. Because uh, Big Akeem's got a couple already. Uh, Mac had his yesterday. And, uh, of course, the return of Robert Quinn, or the debut of Robert Quinn. So as he gets uh, more and more time with these guys, uh, the types of stunts and twists and things you guys can do, it really is an endless uh, library, I would imagine. Yeah, it should only get better. And I think for Robert to have, you know, a little over 20 plays yesterday, but you felt him when he was in there. I know you got to know where he's at when you scheme offensively. Uh, and now what that does is takes a little bit of pressure on the other edge off of 52 with Khalil. So, uh, you know, as we get further and further into the season, hopefully we see more and more of that. Uh, by my math, 15 teams scored 30 or more in week two. I don't know why, but it's blowing up a little bit on the scoreboard. But it does underscore the importance of taking advantage of every opportunity to put points on the board. So if you do the Anthony Miller, that would have been a tough catch, but an unbelievable throw by Mitch right where you want it uh, to make a big play there, the missed field goal. You know, you can talk about some other things like that. Is this a paramount example, especially going in against Atlanta, a team that does 
have the ability to score points, to, to take advantage of every single scoring opportunity you can. It does. It does. And when you talk about our upcoming opponent here with Atlanta, they're scoring a lot of points. And so uh, what I like about our defense right now, regardless of who you're playing, is our defense isn't giving up you know, a lot of points. So we're, we're, we're pretty good in that category right now. That'll be a challenge for us this week, but I know our guys will be ready for it. Offensively, uh, knowing that, that should always be the goal. And we have that, and we want to stay attacking and aggressive, and, we, and it's going to be a, a really good chance for us to try to put these four quarters together and, and score as many points as we possibly can. Yeah, I saw a tweet on Twitter from Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. He, he was studying the games, and he said, if your linebacker and safeties can't cover – you're going to be exposed to the defense. Do you feel you have that part ratcheted down as well uh, because of guys like Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, and your secondary, Kyle Fuller among the league's leaders in pass breakups the last three-plus years now, and Jalen's coming on strong? Yeah, we do. We like our guys that can cover. Of course, when you have a uh, a safety like Eddie Jackson and a guy like Tishon Gibson, um, they, they're pretty good matchups advantage us when they're out there covering those tight ends and that, that part is great uh, to have a guy like Roquan who can fly around and do different things and still be able to blitz and, and, and stop the run game. I like, I like that part, and they accept the challenge. They want that. So there's going to be games we have our hands full, but they'll be ready. Matt Ryan's always going to be good, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, um, he's seen a lot of different defenses. Uh, he's been in some big-time games. Uh, he's always been a really, really good quarterback. That He's deadly accurate. Um, and, you know, playing, he's, he's always been a part of high scoring offenses. So I think that, uh, our guys are going to have to be ready for the challenge. Again, like always, you got to be able to affect these quarterbacks, uh, in the pocket and make them get off rhythm. And if you do that, you always have a chance. Uh, they now are looking at two star receivers, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley's on a tear at the moment. Uh, number one in the league in yards, four touchdowns out of the gate. Uh, they've got a whole trio of, of, of of talent there guy on third down two and Russell Gage so big challenge for your uh, defense here no doubt about it and I think those two wide receivers complement each other really well you got Julio who's who's uh big strong tall and fast and you got Calvin who's super fast becoming a really good route runner and can score a touchdown on any play when he has that ball in his hand so our guys will be ready though they're going to look forward to the challenge and we got a lot of respect for our opponent we, we know we're going to have to have our a game all right good luck Matt thank you so much talk to you next week all right, Jeff, see you. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. Jeff Joniak along. Chris Tabor, good to talk to you. How you doing, man? Nice win. Doing well. Thanks for having me. I want to get right to the play of Cordell Patterson in the kick return game because 110 yards in week one, another 83 in week two. Last year led the league in yards, if I'm not mistaken, and his, his 193 already leads the league. Uh, then you add the average into it. it, it it's sexy. It looks good at 32.6. Uh, he He's taking those chances deep as they go, and you're still comfortable with that, I'd imagine. No, we are. We're, we're real comfortable with it. I mean, anytime the ball is in his hands, he's a, he's a threat to score. Uh, he puts a lot of pressure on the opposing team's kickoff team, and uh, they, they got to get down and cover, whereas a lot of teams see a guy's five yards deep he sticks his arms out and it's a touchback I mean we, we want to apply pressure and uh, I mean, it's like anything the more times you do stuff the better you get as you get going and uh, you know we didn't hit as big as big as one as we wanted yesterday but you could tell on tape we were, we were getting closer and closer New York did a good job also 
in covering. So that was that was a good matchup, and uh, you know we'll have another good one this week too. Yeah, as as the time goes, do you, do you believe teams will start trying to pop fly it short like they did with Ryan Nall this past week? No, I think I think that they will, and I and I told the guys we need to get better in that area. We've worked that, uh, but obviously we're it's it's not even close to a finished product in in that area. But I, I said when teams bloop you, that's a sign of respect. Now what we need to do is we have to be able to to really dent it and set field position and give the offense a a shorter field uh, because if you know they score or, or we move it some, and if we stall out, then we can pin them down there. Uh, patio can pin them down there and it just so I, I call it the circle of life then <laughs> I mean then do you really want to keep doing that to us and and so that's we got to get better on the short kicks and we're going to work hard at that the circle of life huh circle of life yes you know that's uh defense stops them you know we get a we get a punt return hopefully either score or sets up the score and then uh then we kick off and establish field position it's just kind of a it's a, it's a revolving circle all the time. All right, let's talk about Patio. Pat O'Donnell, uh, that sky-high uh, tumbler that uh, Sheriff McMahon has settled under, those, those are, are just wonderful plays. They, they excite me. I know a lot of fans you know, may dismiss it as no. To me, they're just, they're just beautifully orchestrated and executed. No different than that play last year when, when Cordell ran it down and, and tapped it inside the one. To me, it was one of the top plays of the year by any player on the team. Well, I'm real proud of the guys and real proud of Patio and that whole unit uh, because when you get into those pooch areas, uh, especially as, as the wind's blowing and those types of things and Patio having to control the ball, being able to hang it up there and then Mac finding the ball, uh, recognizing that the returner's not going to catch it and then he feels it himself. That's a, that's a big-time play and, and hopefully we can keep that going. What was the win like yesterday? Because I had it uh, down as double digits. So was it an interesting wind again at Soldier Field? What was it like down there? It was. It was. Uh, it was interesting, but it was consistent. I would say it was blowing towards their bench. Uh, so, for example, uh, to the left of our bench or towards our tunnel, the north side there, uh, wind was a little bit at the back, and, and when you kicked the other way, it, it was kind of uh, you were into it. Uh, but at times it, it did die down. We went down to the stadium on Friday. It was the same wind, uh, but it was gusts up to 30 miles an hour that day. So it was uh, it was much tougher on Friday uh, than what it was yesterday. But it's still it's it's still tricky, and we just got to keep logging in miles down there. You truly never know what you're going to get. But what happens on a Friday may not happen on a Sunday. What happens on a Friday does it potentially cause? Uh, a player to think about what happened on Friday on Sunday. Um, no, I think you know we really what we when we go down we talk about just kind of uh, charting the moment and charting that day and kind of kind of putting it in our books and saying okay hey this is this is what it is and and uh, if it, you know it's always nice if it's it's a lot more difficult earlier than the week than what it is on Sunday but uh, just having that that recall of where he wants to play the ball and those type of things is really important. During the 2020 season, the Chicago Bears are giving away $101,000 to a deserving nonprofit organization in the Chicagoland area. Visit chicagobears.com slash communityallpros for more information on how you can help out. Pleased to be joined by Chris Tabor, the Bears veteran special teams coordinator here on the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. Break down the uh, the kicks of Cairo Santos uh, yesterday and just how he's uh, how he's been doing overall. I think he's been performing well. 
Uh, you know, I was pleased with his touchbacks yesterday, and, and uh, I know they brought a couple out. That's fine, you know. Uh, to be quite honest with you, without having the preseason games and you're able to cover some kicks right now, I think that that's going to help you uh, in the end. With regards to his field goals, you know, I know he's one of two, and we missed that 50-yarder, and he'd like to have that back. I thought he struck the ball well. That was that left to right, and he played it a little too much left and hit such a good ball. It actually just stayed on his line instead of just – fading on in there uh so that's lesson learned but you know those are those are kicks obviously that uh that we want to make and he wants to make and i know that uh give him another opportunity he'll do that yeah i read a quote from uh joe judge prior to the game talking about graham gano a veteran kicker obviously but he said uh you know in general he says you really see the best ball from kickers any specialist that matter kicker punter snapper when they get toward their 30s this is Joe Judge's opinion. They've had their time to really develop, to understand the league, to really understand how their body works, to structure it for the duration of a season. They understand situationally how they have to stay fresh and in the moment. Young guys may have a little more pop in their legs at times, but young guys may have a little bit more raw ability. But when it comes to NFL specialists, they really start peaking around those 30s ages right there. Do you agree with that assessment, or is that a particular flavor that a coach may like for their football team. I think there's some truth to that statement. I would also say that there's a little bit of flavor in that also. Uh, you know, I mean, you could go around the league, for example, Buckner in Kansas City is a young player that is, I consider, one of the best, along with, with Tucker, who now is an older player. But, uh, you know, I think it just depends. It depends on the player. I, I, I really believe that and, and how they strike the ball. And, and then I think also it's, it's the patience of an organization. I mean, there is that fine line of do you move on from a guy after so many misses or do you work through those, those trials right there? Uh, and that's, that's, that's the tricky part. That's the tricky part because you'll, you'll see some guys that have missed, uh, for example, the Carlson kid that was up in Minnesota. You know, he, he had a couple rough weeks there and now he's, he's doing well out in, out in Oakland. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a crapshoot at times. You know, you're just not really for sure what you get. You just have to kind of, uh, you got to know your player and, and, uh, and just kind of go from there and keep developing them. Yeah, what, what I like is I like consistency So and, and to live with and grow. So you got – and I'm talking about the whole operation, which you're fortunate to have been able to re-sign and, and keep investing in. Patrick O'Donnell and Patrick Scales keeps coming back. So, you know, two-thirds of the operation, you know, you're feeling really good, at, which would help the other third part of it in the in the kicking game for confidence and whatnot. No question, because those, those two guys just – and no one will talk about it, but scale snaps yesterday on the short snaps were, 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 were just money. I mean, he catches the ball. We don't mess with the laces. We get it down fast. And Patty O, I, I call him Patty the Caddy because he understands that stadium. And he can help, you know, a Cairo who hasn't kicked a lot in there. And he's helped Eddie who is developing in there. Just, hey, where you want to play it? This is, this is going to be the lean on the ball. This is how I'm going to fix it a little bit for you and, and, and those type of things as the ball flies through the air. So it's great having those two players as part of our battery. You know, people look at numbers all the time. They, oh, okay, averages and whatnot. How do you define the quality and the the performance of a punter when you look at their averages and whatnot and what, what plays into it? Because there, there's many different factors and analysis of it. I, I think a lot of I think a lot of people like to look at numbers because that's an easy thing yeah. to look at, and they understand people understand numbers. Uh, but for example, uh, the the Giants net punt wise had a higher net punt than what we did. Well, ours was also shorter because our offense, 
got us closer down there and we were hitting some pooch balls and patio hit two inside the twenties. One obviously being inside the five where their punter hit two touchbacks. So I, I think, you know, and when you hit those, those shorter pooch punts, obviously your numbers are not going to be high. So I, I don't get all stuck on numbers. I get stuck on, on what the field position is that at the end, at the end of the day. Uh, and I think that's, to me, that's, 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 that's reality because it's our job to set field position and, and those type of things. Right. Not look at, not look at numbers and say, boy, you know, we had a, we had a 50 yard. Right. Rant. I mean, well, I'll tell you, I, I, where I look, I le- I like the fair catch number because you're, you're yep. not get, there's no hidden yardage there then. And then you got, and the down, the number of down punts telling you you got a good chemistry going with your punter and your, and your coverage unit. No, no, no question. I, I lie, to be honest with you, I view it, I view it the same way. Cause those fair catches, that is, that is all net and you are eliminating the returner, which is, which is important because the returners in this league are so good. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show with special teams coordinator Chris Tabor as he gets ready to get his uh, fellas headed to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Let's uh, first talk about Tariq Cohen. He hasn't had any opportunities yet in the in the punt game, but uh, he's going to be here a while. New contract extension. How do you feel about that? Because he's just as big a part of you as he is the offense. No question. I'm excited about it. Uh, I was really fired up to see that, and, and I think the organization's done a great job. Uh, signing him back. I mean, he's an electric player, and, and uh, you know we're we're going to expect big things out of him, and hopefully we can get our punt return game going here in, in week three. What's it mean to him? Because uh, he was a fourth-round pick. He was from a smaller school, and uh, there's no guarantee when that happens. Obviously, no matter what your skill set is, your situation has to be uh, ideal to get that kind of contract. Oh, I, you know, just knowing Tariq, he's very appreciative. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a confident uh, but yet humble guy. And, uh, and a great teammate and, and a great kid to be around. And it's a lot of fun coaching him. Uh, but I know he's excited. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's just human instinct. That, that probably takes a lot of pressure off him. And he can go out there and play and and uh, and, and do the things that, that, that he can do with the football. So uh, glad we got it done and, and glad he's going to be a part of this organization for a while. Up next, the uh, Falcons and uh, the, the onside kick that they – we're unable to recover uh, is a big topic of conversation, and they're set back to Dallas. So I read somewhere that somebody's opinion was that when you have an onside kick like that, and Dallas in this case, it was fortunate that the kick rolls towards their bench because if it's the other way, those coaches and players are, are screaming uh, to get on the ball. The Falcons kind of watched it go. What's your coaching point on that? That was a tough kick, uh, but – you know, and I'm still getting into it. I just saw the highlights on uh, ESPN there. But what I saw was, that, you know, I think they're thinking that the ball's not going to go 10 yards. And at that moment, I think there's probably – there has to be that common sense factor. Uh, can I just go ahead and get on it even though it hasn't gone the 10 yards? I'm not blocked. It's right there by me. It's safe to do. Um, because I, obviously it's, it's coached, hey, don't touch it. If it doesn't go ten, so there's a, and I think that's where the the common sense of football comes into play a little bit. But that was a that was a tough play, and uh, you know a good kick. It turned it into a mad scramble, which in, in today's world of onside kicks, that's what you have to turn it into. All right, real quick before we let you go, uh, a man who's made all six of his kicks so far. Tell us about Young Hoku, the Falcons kicker. Oh, he's a good football player, you know, and uh, he can move the ball around, and he has range, and and uh, 
you know, he's, he's going to be a challenge for us just in the return game and, and then being able to apply pressure on him in the, in the field goal area. So uh, we have our hands uh, full with, with, with this group because this, this, this is a good foot. And just in our area alone, I know they're good in the other areas, but just in our long, our area, I mean, they grab our attention. Just when you watch the tape, they, they play hard. How are your new additions and coverage units doing? We're getting better. Still not uh, where we need to be. I think we're still a work in progress. And, uh, you know, the nice thing is we got another week to, to get better and, and we'll, we'll, we'll evaluate it. We, we took a few strides uh, this, this past week, but it's, it's not where it needs to be yet. So we'll, we'll keep working. Appreciate it, Chris. Uh, good luck this week in your preparation. And that's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Barilli, Andy Gersher, and Lisa Fielding, and most of all, you for listening. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy and special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, I'm Jeff Joniak. We'll have the game for you from Atlanta, 9 a.m. pregame, noon kickoff Sunday, right here on News Radio 780, 105.9 FM, WBBM. Have a good night, everybody.